Are you ready? Is it time to take your life to a new level? Are you ready to fully experience everything, all of the extraordinary things that you were created to live? If you're ready and you haven't done it yet, the question is why? Why can it be that we're totally ready to take our life to a new level and yet we stay stuck where we've been for weeks or months or even years? Today, that's what we're going to talk about. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Welcome to another episode of Think Rich Radio. It's so great to have you with me. So great to have the following that we're starting to build. And we're starting to see some shares and all sorts of great stuff. So thank you so much for joining me for the show. And if you don't mind, if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and get subscribed over on iTunes or maybe Google Podcasts or wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts, because that really helps us out. And then, of course, you can know exactly when my next episodes come out. And also, be sure to share on social media or just email it or text it out to people, uh, however you can help get the word out, because there's so many people that have written in and, and said how much the show has meant to them, how it's meeting them exactly where they are right now. And if you're listening right now, then I'm sure that probably describes you as well, because the truth is, folks, there's so many people, millions of people that are right here along this journey with you. You're not alone. You're not the only person that feels frustrated that you didn't grow up wealthy. You're not the only first person that's frustrated that you didn't learn all this stuff in school. And people are starting to wake up and they're starting to realize that, hey, there's a better way. There is more stuff going on in this world than what we were taught in school. And that's why we're together. It's like a little community here as we start to decipher the code almost and start to learn to think differently, not just about money, but it's how do we think differently about wealth in general and all the things that are associated with wealth. It's the creation of money. It's the residual income. It's the relationships. It's the uh, generosity and the good things that we can do with money. All of that is part of the process of learning to think rich. It's a different way of approaching life, and it's a much better way. And I think it's the way we were created to really live on this planet. So how is it, why is it that we can decide we're ready to change? I'm ready to change right now. I've been to a seminar. I've got inspired. I read a book. I listened to a podcast. Whatever it is, I'm ready to make a change in my life. I know that I want the future to be completely different. And here I am six months later, a year later, two years later, and nothing has changed. I did that. That was my story. That has been my story on more than one occasion. And for me, one of the big stories, one of the big uh, experiences with this was on my 30th birthday. I was at a Rich Dad Poor Dad conference, and I walked out with my wife, and I said, okay, our future is going to be radically different. And a year later, it was not just different in a bad way. It was way worse. It was not anything like what I wanted, and I felt like my life was falling apart. And many of you have experienced that as well. And so the question that I had to face is, how can this be? How can it be that I can be so intentional, so specifically motivated to do something and get the same results I got before or worse. And what I discovered is a concept that is a little esoteric, but I'm going to try to address it today. Something we call future pacing. It's basically we live the future now. We start living it 
as though it has already happened. And whether you realize it or not, you're doing this and we've been doing it all along. And so when we look at our results today and we say, why am I in the place that I am today? We have to look back and say, what was I thinking six months ago? What was I thinking a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? That's what has led to where we are today. So whether you love your life or you hate it, guess what? You have no excuses. It's all your fault. I know that's not what you wanted to hear, but it is. It's all our fault because we are the ones who are thinking about the future. We're the ones who are designing it. We're the ones who are living it before we get there. Consequently, when we get there, why are we surprised that it's the future that we do want or the future that we don't want? So is it possible that all of the things that you don't want in your life All the things that are present in your world today, and you say, I don't want that to be reality. I don't want to struggle with money. I don't want to struggle with these relationships. I don't want this. I don't want that. Is it possible that you are currently experiencing exactly what you imagined, exactly how you imagined it, even though it's not what you want? And could it be that you're responsible for it? And I'm going to suggest at least based on what I've discovered in my own life, that the answer is yes, it is true. It is possible. It's possible that the life that we're living today is simply a result of something that we imagined in our past. And so if it's possible that we're currently living a future that we maybe imagined as a worst-case scenario in our past, is it also possible that we could imagine a best-case scenario future and then live that in our future? And again, I believe that I've discovered in my own life that the answer is yes. So let me use a few examples And maybe this will start to become a little less esoteric and a little bit more realistic in your own life. This idea that we can imagine our reality before it happens, it's not really new. It's been around for at least 100 years or more. It's where this concept of affirmations comes from or positive thinking. So, you know, there's a whole lineage, a history of people like Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And... Um, you know, think and grow rich. And a lot of these classic works that have talked about the idea of imagining it before it happens. But in our pop culture, let's just relate to some stuff that's maybe a little more a little more front and center. You know, we've heard about these daily affirmations. Maybe you remember the Saturday Night Live skit with Stuart Smalley. And I think it was called Daily Affirmations. And it would start off and it would open up. He's looking in the mirror and he would say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. It was just an affirmation before he would start his show. And that's what I'm talking about. That's taking every thought and you're being very intentional. And of course, they're making fun of it on Saturday Night Live. But what we've discovered in human psychology is being intentional about what's going to happen actually does have an impact in your life. Another example in pop culture is with Lightning McQueen from the Disney movie Cars. And if you remember, before he would start a race, he was sitting in his green room or whatever it was. I think it was the back of a truck. But, you know, he's sitting there and he was imagining the race exactly the way he wanted it to be. And he would say things like, I am speed. I am speed. And he was imagining himself being the best race car driver. Now, of course, all of this is kind of put together from Hollywood and entertainment culture to kind of make fun of it. But the truth is there's actual nuggets of reality in this whole world of affirmations. Now, affirmations is a very conscious process, but here's how we sabotage ourselves. We don't sabotage ourselves with our affirmations. We sabotage ourselves with our subconscious reminder of the negative affirmations that we keep saying in our lives. For example, I have a friend, actually more of an acquaintance, hard to call him a friend really, 
I knew somebody one time who she was just the most pessimistic person in the world. And in her mid 40s, early 50s, she decided she was going to finally get her college degree. And she got accepted into the college. It was an online university. And she had the money taken care of. The funding was in place. She was already accepted into the school. All she had to do was wait it out. And I remember seeing her and congratulating her. And her only response was, yeah, I hope it works. I hope it works. You know, I I just don't know if it's going to happen. And I remember saying to her, I was like, but but look, you've already paid for it. You've already been accepted. This is as good as done. And she found a way to sabotage it. She found a way to mess it up just because she was programmed to do so. Have you ever known somebody like that in your life or maybe around you? That's what I'm talking about with negative affirmations. And whether we realize it or not, we do it to ourselves all the time. So we can actually predict our future. We can predict the future that we're going to have, and we can change the future we're going to have by changing what we believe is going to happen. And that's actually the magic word right there. It's all about belief. It's our faith. It's our belief of what we expect is going to happen. We've heard that faith is the substance of things that we can't see. I would change that maybe just a little bit and say faith is what we expect to happen. We, we believe something's going to happen. That's our faith. We believe it is going to happen. If you take it to like a religious sense, you know, whatever your religion is, if, if you're, for example, a Christian, then you have certain beliefs and certain convictions that you expect this is what's going to happen to the world. This is the way that Jesus is going to interact with the world. That's a Christian doctrine. Uh, if you have a different religion, then maybe you have a different faith about it. But faith is what we expect to happen. And we have faith all the time, even if we think we don't. For example, uh, have you ever driven down a road and it's a two-lane road and you know that the person on the other side, all they have to do is drift over across the double yellow line and they hit you head on and then everybody dies. Well, why would you ever get on a road with that kind of a risk? And the answer is, well, we just have to assume that the person on the other side realizes it's in their best interest to stay on their side of the road. How do you know they're going to do that? I have no idea they're going to do that. I just have faith. I just have an expectation. And because we've proven it to ourselves, we've driven down the road, we've passed hundreds of thousands of cars, and they haven't crossed over the yellow line, we have faith that the other driver is going to stay on the other side of the road. Now, we can also have faith that negative things are going to happen. And even if it's not what we want, if we believe that's what's going to happen, guess what? Usually it's what ends up happening because we had the faith that that was going to happen. I'll give you another example. A friend of mine and uh, we'll call him Joe. No reason not to call him Joe. That's not his name, but we'll call him Joe. And Joe had been married to this lady for about maybe 14 or 15 years. And she got a little bit overweight and didn't really take care of herself for a while. And then one day she decided she was tired of being depressed. She was going to put herself together. She started losing weight. And she once she lost some weight, she started having some plastic surgery and she was putting herself together. And she's looking really good. And Joe told me, I'm just afraid that she's going to get looking really hot again, and she's going to leave me for somebody else. And he kept saying this over and over for about a year. And every time I would see him, I'd say, hey, how's your wife doing? And he'd say, man, she's looking so good. And, you know, it's the best it's ever been. But but I'm just afraid that she's going to leave me for somebody else because now she's looking really good. Well, guess what happened? Last spring, he calls me. He says, guess what? You'll never believe it. My wife left me. She's been having an affair. She found somebody else. And I could not help but almost laugh about it, saying, well, that's what you wanted. You've been talking about it for a year. 
It was your greatest fear, and that's what became reality in your life. And we do that all the time. It's human nature. We focus in on what we do not want, and the very thing we don't want becomes reality for us because it's front and center. It's where all of our energy is going. And guess what? Because it's what we're focused on, it's what ends up happening to us. In the study of neuro-linguistic programming, there's a term for this called future pacing. And basically what future pacing is, is you're living in your mind exactly the way you want things to be. Now, what science has proven is the mind doesn't know the difference. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference in time, really. The conscious mind can imagine something in the future. The conscious mind can relive something in the past. The subconscious mind only deals with what's happening and it catalogs it. And they've actually been able to prove through all sorts of neuroscience how the brain catalogs this information. It's part of what the dreaming process is when you sleep at night. And so what we've discovered with the subconscious mind is the subconscious mind, we can program it by using our conscious mind to future pace. And what we do is we start imagining the way we want something to go, and then our subconscious mind catalogs it, and then it just assumes that this is the way things are going to be. So it could be an imagination of something that's positive, or it could be an imagination of something that's negative. Let's use an example. Let's imagine that we want to go on a trip. And let's say that we want to go to an amusement park we've never been to before. Uh, for example, Cedar Point in Ohio. I've never been to Cedar Point. I hear it's a really cool amusement park. they got a lot of really cool roller coasters. I've heard about it for years, but I've never been there. So let's imagine we want to go to Cedar Point. We've made a decision. Great. We're going to go to Cedar Point, and we're going to go this September. Okay, wonderful. Now we've made a decision. Now what does the brain immediately do? It starts asking questions. Well, how am I going to get there? And you know, one answer could be we're going to jump into a go-kart and we're going to ride a go-kart from Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, all the way up to Ohio. And we're going to go to Cedar Point in the go-kart. Then when we get there, we're going to go up to the ticket counter. We're going to buy our tickets. And then we're going to walk into the park and we're going to go through that little carousel that counts every person that comes to the park. And then maybe we'll get one of those lockers where we can save all of our valuable things. And then we're going to go get on the biggest roller coaster and it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so what did I just do? I just imagined the way that this trip is going to play out. Now, something else that we can do as we're imagining it is we can change the details. For example, the go-kart sounds fun, but you know, a go-kart from Nashville, Tennessee, all the way up to Sandusky, Ohio might be a long trip. And I'm not sure it's really legal on the road. So maybe we adjust that detail and we say, instead, I think I'm just going to hop in the truck and drive to the airport and get an airplane and fly up to Ohio and then maybe get a rental car and drive over to the amusement park. So you see, we can adjust the details of the imagination a little bit, much like an architect. Isn't that exactly what an architect does? An architect will imagine the building that they want to build, and then they play with the details. And maybe in our amusement park example, instead of you know going to the ticket counter and buying the tickets, what if we pre-ordered them online? And what if we already printed them off? So before we even went to the airport, we had the tickets in our hand and we just get there and maybe we change the details a little more and we imagine that we're going to get an Uber ride. And then we get in the Uber and we go from the airport to the amusement park. And since we've already got the tickets, we just walk straight through the little carousel. And then maybe instead of going to the roller coaster first thing, maybe we decide that we're going to go to the Ferris wheel or something else. And you get the idea that these are what we call plans, right? That's exactly what it is. It's called a plan. 
And all of us are familiar with the idea of making plans. We just never associate it to the fact that we're using our imagination to do it. Have you ever been guilty of thinking you don't have an imagination? Have you ever been the person who says, oh, I can't visualize things. I can't come up with that kind of stuff. I need a plan. And then you say, well, what do you want to do first? And you start telling us the plan. Guess what? You're using your imagination. And we can use that imagination to plan for things that we want. And we can also use that imagination to plan for things that we don't want. And guess what? Our subconscious mind is going to run the program that we tell it the most. Faith or belief is really just the expectation that we expect more strongly than something else. We can make two plans, but we expect one of them is going to be the one that actually works, right? And that's where our faith is. We believe that this negative one is going to work, or we believe that this positive expectation is going to work. And guess what? That tends to happen in our life. My friend whose wife left him, why? Because for over a year, he had an expectation that she was going to become more attractive and was going to eventually leave him. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. My other friend who messed up her college career because she was expecting that she was not going to actually get to go to school, that something was going to sabotage it, and turns out something sabotaged it. Now, why would that happen? And there's another piece of human psychology that comes into play here, and it's the psychology that says this, there's no force that is stronger in the human mind than the need to stay consistent with how one sees themselves. There is no force as strong in the human psyche and the human mind as the need for a person to stay consistent with how they see themselves. In other words, it's our self-identity. Our self-identity determines what we get in life. If we feel like we deserve something, then we're expecting that it's going to work. If we feel like we deserve something negative, then we're expecting the negative thing to happen. It's all a self-identity thing. So the part of the process of getting where we want to go is to believe, to expect that we deserve it. To expect and to believe that we were created for more than the mundane things of life, that we were created for more than financial survival, that we were created for more than financial struggle and for relationship struggle and all the other struggles that we have, we were created for more than that. But if we don't believe we were created for more, then we're going to say, this is what I expect is going to happen, even if it's subconscious. And consequently, those are the results that we're going to get. How many things are you getting in your life right now that are negative? And you say, why is this happening? And if you're really honest on a subconscious level, it might be because you believed that's what you deserved. In the old days, culture made a big deal about an anointing or a blessing. For example, the firstborn child, usually the firstborn son, would have certain birthrights that were passed to him. And then as the father usually was on the deathbed or at some point in their later years, they would bestow this birthright upon the firstborn, and the firstborn would inherit all of these things. A lot of it probably came out of the age of the aristocracies where, you know, a king would knight somebody. And now the knight, you know, their their chest is out proud because they've reached a new stature and there's a knighthood. And there's actually a ceremony that goes along with the knighting or with the blessing or with the anointing, whatever the thing is. But, you know, people had an identity that was bestowed upon them. One of the good things about today's culture is we can really step up and be anything we want. But here's one of the challenges. 
without somebody telling you that you're good enough, without somebody telling you, I bestow this thing upon you, most of us never step into that extraordinary thing that I believe we were created to do. Now, there are some examples of it in modern culture. For example, a graduation ceremony. You know, whenever you graduate from high school or from college, that's there's a ceremony when they bestow upon you this degree. And you say, okay, yeah, I've reached a certain level. But what about all of those hopes and dreams that God planted into you? What about those things that there is no degree to tell you you're good enough to go do this? What about those things that are so far beyond anything that anyone has ever imagined for your life that only you can conceive it about yourself? Who's going to give you that blessing? I had a really unique experience about 12 years ago. If you listened to episode number one, you heard a little bit about it. I met a guy named Dr. Fred, and Dr. Fred was really a marriage counselor, but he helped me in so many other ways. And one day we were talking about my hopes and my dreams and my desires, and I told him all the things that I wanted to do, how I wanted to change the world. He said, well, why don't you go do that? And of course, I just had excuses. I had all these reasons that I couldn't do it. But the truth was, I didn't feel free to go do it. I didn't feel released to go do it. And he interpreted that, and he said... This is going to be weird, but I'm going to release you to go do this. And he made me just sit there and he stood up and he took a little, I think it was plastic if I remember, but it was like a little wand. And he said, I I give you permission. And he kind of, you know, put the wand on my left shoulder and my right shoulder. And he said some stuff. I forget what it was. And he gave me permission. And it was that experience within 30 days, I was just off and running. And it was that experience that, that as I look back, I don't know if he even knew what he was doing, but he was blessing, he was anointing, he was releasing. I want to offer that to you. I think that there are things in your life that you want to go do. And whether you don't feel free because your family hasn't blessed you, or you didn't feel it from your religious environment, or because maybe your work environment, whatever, You've got hesitations to go out and do it. Nobody's come along and said, go do this. And I want to release that to you. I want to encourage you, go do it. If it's in your heart, if it's in your mind, if it's in your spirit, and you say, I've wanted to do this for all these years, but I just don't quite have the freedom to go do it. I don't feel free to go run in this direction. Go do it. I believe that those desires were placed there for a reason, because that's what you were created for. And what you're going to discover, just like I discovered from Dr. Fred, once I was released into that, I actually stepped into what I was created for. And it happened so fast, because when you're living in the flow of what you were created for, it's effortless. It just flows. It just goes and goes and goes. It's an adventure. You never really know what's coming. It's full of uncertainty, but it flows. So what is that thing for you? What is that thing that you're not really telling the world you want to do? Or maybe you're saying it a little bit and you're getting some negative feedback. And you just keep, your heart wants to go do it. Your spirit wants to go do it. You long to do it. But you just wish someone would say, go do it. You have permission. I want to give you permission. I anoint you. I give you that blessing. Go out and go do that. Go live and be the person that you were created to be. Is it building the business that you always dreamed about? Is it creating a financial stability for your family? Maybe rewriting your family history as it relates to finances? Is it having the relationship that you want? 
What is it that you just don't feel free to go after? Whatever that thing is, I'm going to tell you right now, go do it. I've been on both sides of it. I still sit on both sides of it sometimes. I want to just encourage you as part of this community of learning to play life at a higher level, to think rich, think wealth, think abundance, go do it. You have my permission. You have my blessing. You have the world's blessing. Go do it. Go change the world. Go be who you were created to be. And now that you have the blessing, now that you're released to go do it, imagine it exactly like you want it and expect it to happen. Expect it fully. Just like you can expect a good trip to an amusement park, just like you can expect good things to happen, expect this to happen exactly like you imagine it. Imagine and expect only the best because that's what you were created to live. Hey everybody, would you like to experience seven breakthroughs that changed my life? If you would, I've put them together for you in a series of videos and it's available on my website at jeremywhaley.com. jeremywhaley.com and all you need to do is put your email in there and I will send you these seven videos about breakthroughs, seven breakthroughs that have changed my life. I think they'll change your life as well. So go check it out over at jeremywhaley.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can get every episode directly in your iPhone or whatever listening device it is that you are using. Thanks again for being here and I'll see you next time.